Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. Hey, man, everybody. Hey, I want to encourage you to down below, a couple of things down below the screen of my beautifulness, right? There's, there's a like and a subscribe button that you should be doing, right? So, because we got some big things coming up in the new year that we want you to be uh, knowing about. And the way you would know about that is if you were subscribed to the channel, you would get notified of a new announcement, okay? Do that. Then a little further down, there's some links to some worship songs so you can pause, do that, and come back, right? So do that real quick, amen? Now, today, we're going to finish our series on Jesus On, and it's been a long series, and we've talked about a lot, a lot of controversial uh, items, we'll call them, uh, a lot of different things that we've talked about that are controversial. They're a little dicey, right? So we're going to finish it up today. Today's not so bad, but it depends where you stand on the subject, right? We're going to talk about Jesus On the church. (laughs) Everybody went, oh boy, here we go. We're not going to talk about denominations. We're not going to talk about any of that stuff. We're going to keep it biblical, right? I'm not saying denominationals, denominations aren't biblical. I'm just saying that we're going to focus on what Jesus said. Is that okay? All right, good. So there was a pastor who was standing in a group of unbelievers, and they were talking, and then uh, one of the believers, uh, unbelievers looked at the pastor and said, I got a question, right? And he said to the pastor, he said, can somebody go to heaven without being part of a church? Okay? And the pastor immediately replied, well, of course you can. You can, you can get to heaven without being a part of a church. And the, the group of unbelievers liked the pastor's answer, so much, they patted him on the back and thanked him for being such an open-minded pastor, right? You can get to heaven without going to church. Then the pastor turned to the unbelievers in the group, and he said, but why would you want to not be involved with the church, right? And he goes on, and he says, he he was going to ask them a question, and he said, why would you want to go to heaven as a believer where there's nothing but praising and worshiping happening 24-7, and you don't want to be a part of it here on the earth. And the unbelievers took a step back and went, what? And then the pastor asked them, why would you want to go to heaven where you have to fellowship with believers 24-7 for eternity, but yet you don't want to do it here? So what would be the point of going to heaven if that was the case and you don't want to do it here, but you want to do it there for eternity? So that's why we want to talk about the church today, right? The greatest privilege in the world, I think, right? I think the greatest privilege in the world is to belong to God's church. 
I mean, it was born out of the blood of Jesus, right? And his death and resurrection on the cross was the birth of the church. It's a family. And we, we have determined, Pastor Michelle and I have determined, no matter how big this church gets, we will always be a family, right? And we will always have each other's back. We will always work together. Wouldn't it be interesting if churches, the church across the planet acted that same way, that we were all on the same team, we were all working toward the same goal, getting people into the kingdom and not fighting about communion or water baptism or doctrine or whatever. Because here's the doctrine of the church. Get ready. It's super deep. It's one word, Jesus. That's it, right? And all the rest, all the rules and all the other stuff I believe man has put into the mix, and that's why it's such a mess, right? The greatest mission in the world, the greatest purpose, the greatest mandate, the greatest privilege ever given to man is to be a part of a church. I believe that, you know, even the Apostle Paul, all of the things that he's been through, and if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Okay, if you read that, that whole passage, he is talking about everything that's happened to him, all the stuff he's been through, all the beatings, all the stonings, all the left for dead that he's been through, and all after all of that, he has one concern. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern is for all the churches. So the church which everybody likes to talk about, must be important. If Paul says that's his concern, that's his, probably his only concern, right, is the churches. It's amazing to me, right? So here we go. Jesus on the church. We're going to focus on Matthew chapter 16 tonight, today, this morning, wherever you are, whatever time of day it is. Uh, and this, this is... Uh, one of my favorite passages, in Matthew 16, look at verse 18. It says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. My church. Jesus. These words are in red. This is Jesus. Remember, anytime you're talking about the church of Jesus Christ... We're talking about his church, okay? His church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail or have victory against it. Anytime you see uh, the gates of Hades, a direct reference to the angel of death, right? So we can see this is the first time that Jesus uses the word church, okay? This word church, ecclesia, right? And ecclesia in the Greek, it, it means the called out ones, or to be called out from, right? So, and all of us, as we know, right, the church consists of people who have been called out of sin and unbelief into uh, uh, faith in Jesus alone. And, and that, to, it has to be one of the biggest privileges in all of life alone, being called out of sin and death, eternal damnation, 
and being called into relationship with the Son of God, who, as we learned last week, right, is a direct representation of God the Father, the only way to the Father, okay? The only way. He is the representation of God in the earth and the only way to get to the Father. He is the door. He is the gate. If we went through all the I am's in the Gospel of John, we would see that there's one way to Jesus, or to God the Father, and that is Jesus, right? We are uh, given witness of the faith, then we get baptized, and then we voluntarily submit, uh, submit ourselves to a band of fellow believers who assemble themselves together, which is important, in obedience to his word to fulfill his kingdom purposes. Then we are born again and we are a part of the church that Jesus is building, okay? I'm not doing it. Pastor Michelle's not doing it. Jesus is building his church. Rule number one, get this in your heart today. It's Jesus church. Jesus church. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 9, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's, those are big words. His own special people. I would circle that in the Bible if I, if I was reading along. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous night light. Notice it's his light. It's his church. It's his salvation. It's his light, right? Uh, we need to stop focusing in areas that we shouldn't be when it's his marvelous light who were once not a people but are now a people of God, who have not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Look at the person next to you and say, grace is mine because of Jesus. Jesus is the church, the institution that Jesus gave himself for today is vibrant and living, not because of history, not because of a great worship team or a dynamic pastor. It's because Jesus gave his life for it. And it alone, that's what matters in the church. So I want to tell you something, kind of, kind of pull up a little bit. This might hurt a little bit. Do not speak against the work of Jesus in the earth. When you're talking about another church, you're talking about his church, his work, his blood in the earth. Whether you agree with the doctrine or not, you are speaking against his church. And frankly, you're not the doctrine police, so leave it alone. All right, off the soapbox. All right, so rather, um, I believe that the church that Jesus built lives forever because of three basic truths, right? So write these down, take some notes. If you're not taking notes today, write these down anyway, okay? So here's, here's number one, the person of the church, right? You see in, in Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus himself said, I will build my church. 
my church. Jesus, it's his church. So remember, when you're speaking against his church, that's probably not going to land well. So let's be careful what we're saying about other ministries, other churches, biblical churches, okay? Be careful where we're, where we're standing. The Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, for no other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid Jesus Christ. The foundation is Jesus, right? It's unchangeable, it's dependable, and here's the best part about it, it's never emotional. Jesus is solid. She, the church, is she, the bride, is his creation. So if you got a problem with the church, take it up with him, because it's his church, right? By the Spirit and the Word. And listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, a direct quotation from a prophecy in Isaiah. This is deep. He says, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. He's a foundation and the cornerstone. And if you see any older buildings that have like the old cathedrals back east and stuff, they have a cornerstone, which is where everything starts. They lay a foundation and they place a cornerstone which everything in the building is taken off that spot. All the building takes place from that corner. Amen? And he's, Peter says he's a chief cornerstone. Elect. Precious. How many of you know Jesus is precious? Right? And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. There ain't no shame in Jesus' game. Amen? Are you with me? Here's another one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Preeminence, supremacy, super... super or, Dominance and authority. Some words, you just can't say them. Just so excited, right? So catch this. The pastor is not the head of the church, right? The church board, the executive church board, is not the head of the church. The elder board, the deacon board, the diving board is not the head of the church, right? The biggest, the biggest giver is not the head of the church. Only Jesus is the head of the church, right? Look at in uh, Matthew 16 again, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am, the son of man am? So, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So they're not real sure. But here's the question of questions, right? Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? You know, when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, who do you say that I am? And that's going to be the question of questions right there. 
moving on, he says this. He says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. If I wanted to put a refrigerator verse up for this service, that would be it. That is your confession as a believer of Jesus. That is what the church was built on. Okay, let me read it again. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Every church that preaches Jesus is built on the fact, not Peter, it's built on the fact that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That is our confession, the profession, the confession by faith that Jesus is the head, it's his church, and our profession is what makes us a part of the ecclesia, the body, okay? The part, the, the, we're sewn in at that point by that confession, okay? That's what um, we see it in uh, um, here. Let me read this to you, okay? He says, uh, we're not talking about Peter as the church is built on him because Jesus changes the, the Greek word um, petros uh, or petra, rock, to Petros, little stones, right? And we're all little stones. Um, and he says, Jesus meant that he is the rock. We, Petra, we are the Petros, the little rocks that build, huddle around the cornerstone, the foundation, and the building, the church, if we looked at the building, is built with little stones called us, right? Look at, look at uh, 1 Peter 2. Uh, four and five says this. He says, coming to him, listen, remember what I said about us being little stones, Jesus being the, the cornerstone, the rock, right? Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God, chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones, Petros, right? The plural are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's a picture of the church, gang, right there. That's Jesus on the church. I am building my church on me, he says. Jesus said, right? The church is built on the chief cornerstone, okay? So number, number one, the person of the church is Jesus, Okay, the person of the church. Number two, the people, the rocks, the little stones, right? Peter uh, answered and said to him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. It says in Matthew 16, right? The people of the church are people of faith. You have to believe, says in Hebrews, you have to believe Jesus is who he is, who he says he is, or your faith is null and void right? So we can't be a part of the church and be on the fence. You're either in or you're out. Is that good? Is that easy? Because when you kick the bucket, you got one time to make the decision on this side of the, of the uh, angel of death. One choice. If the lights go out, you can't, you can't play double jeopardy. It's over, okay? The people of the church are people of faith, people who have made the same confession that, that Peter made, right? Yeah, uh, Jesus is the Christ, the anointed chosen one of God, the savior of sinful men, the redeemer of creation. That's your theology. That's all you need, right? That's it. You don't need a whole bunch of other stuff. We're the called out ones, the living stones. 
join together, the mortar of the whole thing is common faith in what Peter said Jesus is. Right? That's the mortar that holds the whole thing together. Right? Now, Paul says, as a body of believers, all these little stones that make up this thing that are mortared together by faith all have different gifts and talents. Pastor Michelle calls them puzzle pieces. So if we're building something great here, and, and this this all these rocks are together, and then there's a giant hole right here, somebody's missing. Somebody's missing in that hole. And how many of you know Jesus has specific ministries for your butt to be in? And when we start focusing over here instead of smoke, focusing up there, then all of a sudden we got holes in our walls, puzzle pieces that are missing. And Paul says spiritual gifts have been given to each of us to fill in those holes and support the rest of the building. That makes sense? I'm a builder, so I get it. If you're not a builder, you should get it, right? Because it's one brick on top of another, all based at the cornerstone. This is great. Isn't this good? This is great. Paul wrote to the members at the church of Corinth and addressed them this way. This is the way we have to address every other church on the planet. And if you don't agree with their doctrine, nobody cares, right? Worry about your doctrine. Okay, this is how Paul addressed the members at Corinth. He said, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, hallelujah, sanctified, right, cleaned and dressed, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Right, so let me rephrase this and bring it up into the book of Rashid, right, chapter one, says this, to the church of God, which is at Harriman, right? To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all in whoever place, call on the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, how about this one? To the church of God, which is in Sandy, okay? To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, right? Why can't we just address other churches that way? Because they're saints, they're sanctified, and they believe in Jesus. Three qualifiers that matter. Everything else, who cares? If they dunk, if they sprinkle, if they believe communion is this or that, who cares? Jesus, focus, people. Come with me here. Ready? Right? There's no better picture of the church than in Acts chapter 2, my favorite. Here's the church in action, brand new. It doesn't even know what happened. It's right after Pentecost, right? And look at this in verse 38. He says, then Peter sent, said to them, basic church service. If you're a pastor looking to plant a church, service 101 right here is your order of service. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Offer remission, offer the Holy Spirit. You can lay hands on people and do both of those. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off Gentiles. Hallelujah. Right? As for many as the Lord God will call everybody. Right? Verse 40. <clears throat> With many other words he testified 
testify, a good thing to do in a church service, exhort them, that's good to do in a church service, right? Saying, be saved from this perverse or crooked generation. You can watch the news and see that all over the place. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. When you're not baptized, what are you waiting for? It's all over the place, right? It's not a condition to get into heaven, but it's a good idea, right? Outward, uh, never mind. It was baptized in the day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now catch this, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly, continued steadfastly, continued. Didn't, didn't stop, didn't have to work, didn't have to watch the game, didn't have to do whatever, ha steadfastly continued in the apostles' doctrine or teaching, right, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers, right? Communion. Let's focus on that word fellowship for a second, koinonia. It's called sharing, unity, close association. This is what the church is supposed to look like, close association. I know it's uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable for me. I don't like close, I like close association with my wife. That's okay. But, you know, like, like some of the fellas, not so much, right? But listen to what he's saying, what this word koinonia means, partnership, participation. Get involved in your church. It's your church. Get involved, right? A, a society, a communion, a fellowship, contributory help. The brotherhood, right? It's, it's great. Koinonia, the individual shares in common an intimate bond of fellowship with the rest of Christian society. How bad is that missing in society today, right? There's no intimacy between people. And I'm not talking weird. I'm talking about praying, right? Just being able to talk to somebody. Come on, man. Koinonia cements, submit. <laughs> cements the believers to the Lord Jesus Christ and to each other. That's a picture of the first century church. Jesus, come on, right? I heard a one guy say one time when I was in college, uh, he was a guest preacher, and he said, the average church today is so subnormal that when one becomes normal, everybody thinks it's abnormal, right? That's crazy. Here's the thing. This COVID thing and this whole since March, right, we haven't been gathering, and, and it just breaks our hearts to not see your face every day, every Sunday, to hug on our people, to love on our people, right? And, and uh, here's the greatest thing in the world is that it's going to be over soon, and we can come back together. And we had a prophecy that said that when we come back together, our church is going to look different. Of course, we're not going to be at the community center, and we're not going to be in Dave and Polly's basement. We are going to look different. And I believe that that looking different isn't physical, it's spiritual. Our church is going to be spiritually more awake, more alive. It already is. If you've been in any of the uh, connect groups, right? It's spiritually vibrating like crazy. It wants to break out. And many of you know, uh, as I said, we are working hard, rolled up sleeves, working hard to get us a place to meet. We had a deal and it kind of fell apart 
But here's the deal. When we relaunch this church, we are going to relaunch uh, to a whole community. We are going to take a city for Jesus. We are going to get serious. We're going to roll up our sleeves, and we are going to get involved when we come back together. That's going to be looking different, right? We're going to do this thing coming up, which you'll see another video with details, right? It's just the surfacey part right here, okay? Surfacey, right? We're calling it Third Thursday, and I'll give you one guess to when we meet. Third Thursday of the month. <laughs> so smart you people are, right? So we're meeting on the third Thursday. And if you were with us from the beginning, you will know that we, we use these third Thursdays as, a, as like a team building meeting. And, and we're going to have some worship and we're going to have some vision. And, and here's the thing, folks. If you're a church, uh, uh, call the Bridge Church home. From my heart to yours right now, we need you. We need you to get involved in your church. We need you to step up and really get, take your place in, in, in this koinonia, in this ecclesia, in these called out ones. Take your place. We're going to cultivate your gifting and put you into a place where you'll thrive. It won't suck, I promise, right? If it does, we'll fix it. But here's the thing. You're the puzzle piece we need. And on these third Thursdays, you can fellowship. It'd be great to see everybody. Bring your kids. We're going to make it work, right? There will be, we will give you more information later, right? The church is too important for you not to be involved in it. I love what David said in Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord every day of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Love that. Just want to camp out in the temple. Isn't that amazing? All right, we got the person of the church, Jesus. We got some people. We got some living stones being built around a cornerstone. The people now comes, number three, write this down. The power of the church. Look at verse 18 and 19 in Matthew 16. It says this. He says, um, he says this. And I say also to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall now prevail against it. I will give you, listen to this, the keys of the kingdom... That phrase denotes authority. And whatever, say whatever, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, say loose, on earth will be loose in heaven. Clearly, Jesus is passing on to his church his authority to control, his authority to bind, and his authority to loose. I'm telling you, in this series in February and this first series in January, we are going to lose some people. We're going to lose some spiritual traps that we've fallen into and maybe a little uh, laziness. Let's just call it what it is that's set in during this COVID season. It's time to get serious about God, and we're going to do it this coming up year. Let's get it. We're going to blow this thing up, okay? 
The Greek construction behind these, these words will be bound and will be loosed indicates Jesus. Remember, it's his church. He's the one who activated the provisions of this binding and loosing at the cross. The church is charged and it's implemented, it implemented into what they do to release his power that he bought at the resurrection. Are you with me? The church has the authority, all of the authority. And the church has no authority to, to um, uh, forgive sins, but it does have the authority to preach the message. Right? So we got power. We got Jesus. We got stones. We got people. We got to get this thing rolling now. Right? We need a church that's full of juice. Right? And it has a responsibility. Jesus charged the church with the responsibility to be a witness in a lost and deceived world. That's our job. He said, go do it. Right? And, and Mark, Mark uh, the Great Commission and, and the Gospel of Mark, go to the world. So we're going to have a base with all these things, and we are going to go to the world. We're going to change some things around here. We're going to make some things different, right? We have been given at a great price the ability to change our city. First of all, our household, our city, our state, our nation, and the world, right? Those things we can do because they said, Jesus himself said from Jerusalem, to, to Judea, to Samaria, and the world. We can do this thing. We can do this thing. Though it's all we need is some willing participants. Somebody to say, like Isaiah said, I'll go. I'm going to do it. Pastor, I am in. Listen, we got a lot of people in our church who are laying it out right now saying, I am in for the new season. I am in for the new church. I am in for the relaunch. We need everybody to be in to the to the relaunch it's going to be big it's going to be you know we're not all about being a big church you know that's the thing about going to like conferences and things it's like everybody makes the small church pastors feel bad because they should be big it's like maybe we're not supposed to be big maybe we're supposed to be doing this but impacting who we have right so let's do this thing who's ready who's ready who's on board we got a mission, we got a vision, we got Jesus, we got power, we got people, let's do it. Let's bow our heads and, and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that your church has the power, has the people, and has most of all you, Lord. And Father, we thank you that we can step up and take our place, standing in the, in the authority that you purchased and we can pray and we can lay hands and we can use our gifts and we can use our talents and we can change the world for you, Lord. So you are glorified in every single thing we do. So, Father, we thank you and we honor you today with, our, with a word and worship. And, Father, Jesus on the church, he says, go. So, Father, we go tonight. We thank you, Lord. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. Because of the recent events with COVID-19, we are meeting in Harriman temporarily until our new building is ready. 
for directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org, or you can email info at thebridgelive.org, or simply text 801-391-6969. 